chocolate element and some coffee. I got to try that out. That actually sounds really fucking good. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. Pretty snazzy. Cool. So we are live. Oh my god, live, live. I forgot what we're going to talk about. Mm. Uh, just everything just went right out of my head. Rehydration. Oh. <laughs> are you dehydrated, Andrew? Uh, yeah, actually, I am. <laughs> did you drink your element this morning? Um, I did during a workout, and I have another uh pack right here for this podcast. It's usually a good day when you can pound down two or three of those. <laughs> yeah, pound it down. Pound. <laughs> Pound, pound, pound town element yeah i uh i just like the flavor of it a lot too you know it's like uh just getting a different flavor like you just get tired of drinking water you get mm-hmm. tired of uh just all the different stuff that you kind of have to do when you're trying to be on a diet and you have mainly savory foods and you don't have access to a lot of sweet stuff and so having some uh i like the orange flavor and lemon lime quite a bit and having those flavors just kind of helps me to keep other things at bay a little bit better. Yeah, no, the the almond flavors are really, really nice because it's like, it's not too sweet. Mm-hmm. I like it. Like, it's sweet enough, but it's not too sweet. And like, if, if it's a hot day or you're kind of tired, which for a lot of people, like, I've found that sometimes when I'm actually tired, I'm actually dehydrated. And when I have some element, I feel better. Great for pre-workout, great for post-workout. It's just overall good. Yeah, yeah. No, Stan Efforting and a bunch of other guests that we've had on the show before. Um, we'll recommend, you know, just taking a little bit of salt before you work out, mm-hmm. but you know, taking like a teaspoon of salt is oh. like <laughs> kind of rough, but with element, it tastes good. It is salty. And I think a lot of people, when they first try it, they might be like, mm, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. a little salty for me, but as we recommend often, you know, maybe start out with half a packet, see how that is, or, or put as, put as much water in it as you need. Um, but I think it's a great way to get in your electrolytes without having just to gulp down some salt before your workout yeah and an app a, a great way to uh get element electrolytes is to get it for free uh element is still offering the free recharge pack that's a eight sample pack all you have to do is pay the five dollar shipping uh you can claim yours right now because i don't know when it's gonna um when this offer is gonna end so if you haven't taken advantage of it do so right now. You can do so at drinklmnt.com slash power project. Uh, you, you'll see it right away. It's like the first link that that pops up. Um, and if you have gotten it and you're ready to step up, uh, check out the value bundle. That's uh, you're paying for three boxes and getting four. Um, you can, you know, like I said, get four different uh, flavors. I, I've been tr- just chugging the uh, the orange salt. That thing is, that's my jam right now. That's my favorite one. But anyway, yeah, drinklmnt.com slash power project. Pro tip for all you guys. Um, don't sleep on the chocolate flavor. We talk about it all the time. But in this coffee right here is chocolate, some coffee, and a little bit of creamer. Oh, so good. <laughs> Amazing, right? Yeah. It's yeah, and I got good. some of my coffee over here, too. And uh, we're about to chug down some Mind Bullet, too. Uh-oh. We got some Mind Bullet potion over dun, here. Dun, dun. Cheers. Cheers. Down the hatch. Go, go, go. This podcast has slowly become, actually, I think it, it happened in a very swift manner. Drug-induced. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> I mean, Performance enhancement's a big part yeah. of this show, I guess. You gotta be on something when you're speaking into a microphone and no one's listening. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, all the, uh, <clears throat> all the anxiety that comes along with having a show that's not listened to by anybody. <laughs> Is way more, uh, is way scarier than what Joe Rogan does every day. Talking to millions, hundreds of millions of people, probably, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's yeah. more terrifying to have a show that just falls flat on its face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, anyone can do what Joe Rogan is doing. I mean, that's encouraging. It's you easy. know, this is super discouraging. And so, because of that reason, we got to be high <laughs> to block the emotion <laughs> so that we don't do anything. So we don't get depressed. Yep. But, hey, did you hear about Herschel Walker, by the way, guys? What? No. Dude, so, Herschel Walker is so jacked. I yeah, love that guy. Yeah. What well, happened? Probably what? still is now. Oh, yeah. What's going on with him? He's in his 60s now, I think. Yeah. Well, he's running for Senate in Georgia. I just no. heard about that yesterday. Trump is a. Uh, Trump is like encouraging him to run for Senate in Georgia. <laughs> That's great. I wouldn't be surprised if he was able to. I mean, that guy's been a badass for so long. Mm-hmm. He's been um, somebody who's been in martial arts since he was a kid. He's uh, really flexible. And his prowess as an athlete was just unmatched. I think he was on the Olympic bobsled team as well. Yep, he was. He's uh, extremely powerful, explosive. Um, he, I mean, he might be. He might be the most powerful explosive athlete that, you know, one of the most powerful athletes we ever had mm-hmm. when he was. So when he people don't really know how amazing Herschel Walker was. I mean, Herschel Walker is one of the greatest college football players of all time. He fucking destroyed people when he was at Georgia. He's a little bit before my time, so I didn't get to see him playing in college and stuff. But I do remember when I was young watching him play uh, in the pros. But in college, he just he just wrecked. People could not tackle him. He was way too fast. He was way too strong, mm-hmm. way too athletic. There was nothing anyone could do to stop the guy. But this is him at 54. <laughs> what the hell, man? And he, by the way, didn't he always say, I just did body weight work? Yeah. Yeah. Push ups and sit ups. I remember seeing those workouts. And I was like, I got to do it. And I'm a fat kid, you know, and I'm trying push ups and sit ups. And I'm like, a thousand a day is what he did. 54, bro. That's he looks like he's bananas. like 28, 25. Jesus. Yeah, what a physical fucking specimen this guy is. I hope he has children and he's passed on those genes. Yeah, he's he's uh he's one of a kind. Yes. Uh but so he played for the he played for the Cowboys and the Cowboys were at their absolute worst. The Cowboys traded him to the Minnesota Vikings and changed the history forever of what the Cowboys were able to do because the Cowboys are the uh he was traded for 11 players. Out of those 11 players, there was like six Hall of Fame first round draft picks that oh came from my that. God. So it's like, you know, people used to talk about like, what's the, mo- you know, what's the most important thing that happened to the Cowboys? Is it Troy Aikman? Is it Emmett Smith? Is it uh, Michael Irvin? Is it uh, Jimmy Johnson? Well, other than Jimmy Johnson, none of those other players would have happened if it wasn't for Herschel Walker getting traded because they picked up Troy Aikman. Michael Irvin, Emmett oh Smith, God, really? and, uh, you know, just the, the most dominant offensive line that you've ever seen. They just stacked it up. They had the guy that benched uh, 700 pounds. Um, his name eludes me at the moment. Uh, a 700 pound raw bencher that was uh, in the NFL. He, wait, so wait, let, let's, let's get this clear. He, one man, was traded for 11 players. 11, 11, yeah. Not necessarily 11 players, but 11, it, it was... Uh, a handful of players, like four or picks. five players, and some picks. Okay, and but those still, God yeah, yeah. dang! Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was that good and or or that worth it. Yeah, yeah, he Ooh. really, he okay, really so was. The, the the picks ended up being some of those Hall of Famers. Then. Absolutely, okay, because uh, yeah, yeah, they weren't already established. They okay. were they were picks, you know, that they um, got it. Okay, because yeah. yeah, I was looking at the uh, the list and I I don't recognize any of the names, but, but yeah, still it adds up. <laughs> That's. Oh, well, it, I don't recognize the names because it's all the, the linemen that they got. Oh, right, right, right. That's, Who are the linemen, though? Is it Nate Newton and stuff like that? Yeah, so uh, Isaac Holt, Dave, Davey Howard, Darren Nelson, Jesse Salmon, Salmon mm. 
Alex Stewart. So uh, it's no, oh, that's a bunch of defensive backs and right, right, right. But um, man, that's fucking wild. I I had no idea that that was how they acquired all those guys that <laughs> fucked up the Niners. Well, they were the worst. You know, they were the worst. They were so shitty. You mm-hmm. know, the Cowboys were so shitty. But yeah, Herschel Walker is a, just a complete uh, freak of nature and. I, from what I remember, he he did like hundred meters and track and stuff like that too, and just blew people away in that as well. He's yeah, just, he still looks jacked. He's just a monster. He's insane. We got to do body weight exercises. Just just pure body. But I mean, everyone should be, like they actually make a very big difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how weird it is that you know somebody can you can be very strong, you lift a lot of weight, but you still can't do like four or five pull ups. If you're able to get yourself to mm-hmm. do ten, fifteen, that would actually mm-hmm. make a difference huge difference and then yeah. that way from there you can progress to doing them weighted weighted right I, I think if you can do 10 clean pull-ups like that's a that's that's a pretty good start for strength for for men mm-hmm. maybe for women uh it might be different women sometimes don't have as strong of an upper body and it might take them longer to be able to progress on something like that but you know pull-up progressions are are great and then so why wouldn't progressions of push-ups be good why wouldn't progressions of squats lunges we learned so much from some of the guests that we had on recently and a lot of the stuff from Ben Patrick, like I've been implementing something pretty much every day uh, for today. I kind of have that. Um, I don't even really know what to call it, but I guess I'll just stay in like a, a falling hack squat <laughs> type of thing onto the pad where you kind of just, uh, you know, l- kind of lunge forward on both knees. It's an exercise that he, he, he put me through mm. uh, when he was here. I guess, I guess a, a better term would be, it's more like a sissy squat. Yeah, he calls it. Uh, it's a sissy squat, or he calls it the knees over toes squat. There you go. Yeah, knees yeah. over toes squat, and you, if if you're not comfortable doing it all the way to the floor, which I would imagine most people would probably not be very comfortable doing it to the floor, you you do it to something elevated, and then you can work your way down. Um, I actually did okay on that, um, but I think you know an interesting thing about some uh, some listeners that are listening right now is you're going to find that you're pretty strong. And so because you're strong, you're going to actually do a little bit better than you might think from some of these shitty positions. Mm -hmm. And years ago when I was kind of in the middle of my powerlifting career, I kind of thought I actually developed uh, a training philosophy and I called it lifting like shit and lifting like shit is the idea of you're going to probably end up in a compromised position. So what are some ways that we can start in a compromised position with lighter weights and work our way out of that. An example would be something like a stiff leg deadlift. Like what's the point of a stiff leg deadlift? Obviously we're working our hamstrings. We are working our glutes. Uh, but we also kind of, we put ourselves at a disadvantage because we threw our hips up in the air. Mm-hmm. We've never want to do a real deadlift that way, but we know that a real deadlift is probably going to end up that way. Sometimes where your hips shoot up first. And so if we can figure out ways of simulating that in a safe way, where you're still getting a, a good amount of weight, a good amount of stimulus, not in any danger of getting hurt. I'm not talking about like intentionally rounding over with heavy weights and stuff like that, but it would make a lot of sense if you practice some rounded back exercises, just as he's talking about driving the knees forward, people would be like, no, 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 you can't train with a rounded back. Mm. And I would disagree hundred percent. I would say that you have to train with a rounded back at least a little bit. Maybe just through some of your warm-ups, maybe with 30% of your max, or maybe with, if you haven't never done it before, you know, start really, really light on it. But if you think about some of these other movements that we do, 
we do end up in these compromised positions. You do a set of 10 or 15 of like a bent over row, your lower back's probably starting to round. Mm -hmm. How much weight are you doing on a row versus how much weight you would do on a deadlift? You kind of see my point here. It's like your back might be rounded. It might be in a quote unquote compromised position, but it's with 200 pounds and not 700 pounds. Yeah. I think um, what Andrew was talking to me about the other day in the, the break room is actually a really good example of that. Um, because you were mentioning how like you were doing back exercises before rows before. Right. Mm -hmm. And you used to say that rows killed your back. Yeah. I mean, but if what I, happened? It, well, if I wasn't paying attention, you know, I, like uh, we're talking about cable rows, but bent over rows to kind of the same thing. But mm -hmm. uh, for some reason on the cable machine, because I probably felt more comfortable, you know, I'd go heavy, I'd be fine. I'd be fine. And then as I go to like, let go or maybe like, mid set like, like oh shit like i would feel something in my back and mm -hmm. like ah oh, fuck like I, damn it like i did it again like i just set myself back like a month you know like that's mm -hmm. it was devastating yesterday training training with mark and it was cool because we had like for the first time in a long time we had the same number of weight uh in mind but i just put it at 60 pounds and we i just did a bunch of reps and i felt fine and i got a solid pump like it was and did you feel more activation with that? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. You know, as, as a, uh, you know, I'm still uh, learning, you know, how to activate certain muscle groups and stuff. So having it light and then, I don't know, I did like maybe like 20, 25 mm -hmm. reps. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Mark being there, all right, five more. Like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah, they, they my, my lats woke up, you know, and it felt great and no back pain. And then I kind of supported you to the end. Like I, I grabbed the actual stack because I know like it's so hard to concentrate all the way through a full range of motion, through a full exercise. And then what do we do when we're like done? Like we're not actually done. We still are holding the weight and mm -hmm. we're like, Exhale and we just, and, yeah. yeah, and we just let it all go. And it's like, that's how you get hurt. <clears throat> a lot of times that's how you get hurt. Or you tweak something just a pinch yeah. on that thing, on that one thing. And then later on that day, you drop your shaker cup or something and you go to pick it up and you're like, what the fuck was that in my back? And mm -hmm. you think you hurt your back picking something up, but you did some little tweak somewhere else during the day because you just weren't able to focus enough or the weight was a little heavy or you did so many reps that you got too fatigued. Yeah, yeah. that's a perfect way to put it. That little pinch, you know, just that something. little slight, like, ah, like I felt something, you, you know, you, you do one of those things where you're like, mm, like, all right, let's go. Like, you, you know, training with you, I never want to show any kind of weird grimace or anything. Like <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a, it's a really great habit to uh, to adapt or to pick up, whatever you want to call it. But you still kind of like, ooh, what was that? Like, I, I should be fine. And then, yeah, you know, go put on your shoes and like, oh, oh, like, oh no, it, like there goes my back again. Like, fuck. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, I think most people silly. probably have experienced that. It seems like, uh, like maybe, maybe everyone's different, but like, I know I've experienced that in my neck before. Oh, for sure. I go to do like a pull up or something. <laughs> I get down and I'm like, what? I'm like, what the hell? Like, what did I, did I turn my head or something? Mm -hmm. Like, what did I, what did I do? But maybe there was a, a part of the rep where you just maybe tried to pull yourself up a little harder. Maybe you, maybe you, uh, grind your teeth. Or did something like that, <laughs> said, yeah. and then like the whole week, you're like, "What the hell's going on with my? What did I do to myself?" Mm -hmm. And you can't even remember a lot of times, but it's just that little, that little brief lapse of like staying connected to the weight and and staying connected to what you're doing. I got two examples that people could definitely <laughs> visualize, like the movement that Andrew is talking about, the seated cable row. If you want to be able to do what we're talking about here, maybe move into ranges of motion that you typically wouldn't touch, right? The typical seated row, you're sitting, you're perfectly neutral, 
you know, you, 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 um, retract your scapula and you pull back and you're very strict, right? Well, maybe think about the load that you can, when you come back, you can then round your back a little bit, stretch your lats, bring it back to the position and pull. You're probably not going to be doing that well and safely with a heavy load. It's actually mm-hmm. going to feel very uncomfortable. It's going to feel very, it's not going to feel controlled. You're going to feel pain in your back. But if you lower the load a little bit, you're actually going to be able to move into that range where you have to stretch your lats, bring it back to neutral and pull in. Those, that's what we're talking about here. Movements and loads that you can get into these positions that you typically wouldn't with heavier loads. Another example is I think something that I love to do, um, an inclined, uh, an inclined chest fly with dumbbells, right? Mm-hmm. But with the, when I do the inclined chest fly, I bring it all the way down where my like I'm in a very mm-hmm. uncompromised position, but I feel that massive stretch here. I'll do that with like 50, 60 pounds because I can control the tempo and I can stretch all the way down. I would not play with that with like 80, 90 pounds mm-hmm. because that's that's too much there. But I can do that with lighter load and I can get into these positions that I typically wouldn't get in because I control that load. See if you can find a video of Arnold Schwarzenegger doing flies. I remember like as a kid when I would do flies, um, well, my arms just don't want to move that way any longer, <laughs> but I would bring the weight all the way to the ground. I'm not on an incline fly, I'm just a oh, yeah, you know, yeah. flat bench fly. And I'd let my arms just kind of hang there. And then I had like older guys and stuff tell me that's not, you know, you need to do it with more weight and, and things like that. But <clears throat> now that I just in having more knowledge and no, knowing more stuff, um, it seems like it's, it's wise to really have a, a, as much range of motion as yep. you can. Like that's a, that's an, awesome range of motion it's like and look at how connected he is to like flexing his pecs like who the hell else can even figure that out like that's mm-hmm. that's actually really man I, I just don't even think we even like understand how skillful some of these things his are legs sometimes. are in the air mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but that's how i like that's how i get the most out of these flies look at the stretch in his pec like and you're not like he could do flies like most people do them with much heavier load he's also kind of pressing them a bit mm-hmm. as he gets to like the midpoint he is he is fuck he looks awesome yeah arnold arnold was amazing the best he was the goat how do we get jacked like this i don't understand <laughs> who was i talking to that was like uh one of my friends is too scared of lifting because he's scared of looking like arnold who oh that's great i think that's yeah okay best. no it was a conversation I, with I've, tom <laughs> I, no 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 not that tom said that one of tom's friends was like okay. i'm like and it's a new lifter right he's like i'm too scared of lifting i think arnold is i think arnold has a quote about that where like people would say mm-hmm. like oh that's like overkill man i never want to look like that and he's like you never could <laughs> Like you ain't got nothing to worry about, yeah. Because <laughs> you could put your heart and soul into it, and you'll never look like this, no matter what you do. Yeah, oh I think God. it was uh, Margot Alvarez or uh, uh, Al- she's jacked. Alcaraz, well, one of the the like crossfitting mm-hmm. chicks that we crossfitians, had. yeah, crossfitians, great people. Um, but she, she would get like hate from like you know like mom lifters and stuff, and people would be like, "Oh my gosh, oh, I never yeah. want to have that much muscle." And she's like, "Good luck." Like, you're not going to get this much muscle. Like, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Some people just don't realize how much that takes. Like, yeah. you can't do that work. You won't. <laughs> it's like, hey, she's a CrossFit yeah. Games athlete. Like, you think you're going to, like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, we've had some, just, we've had some great guests on, you know, mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. But even more recently, I think all of us have been, like, heavily impacted by the last couple oh, to yeah. where it's like, they're, 
it, it kind of reminds me of like, like uh, I don't have a lot of coaches that their voices echo in my head. I, I've had a lot of coaches over the years, uh-huh. uh, but I got like just a, just a few that their voice kind of echoes in my head. Louis Simmons being one of them, uh-huh. uh, just certain things he would say to me or, or certain little digs he would, he would give you that uh, would fuel you for years to come because you'd be so fired up. You'd be like, I'm going to show that motherfucker like, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there, some of the stuff that's coming from our guests more recently reminds me of that. Cause I'm like thinking about like, Oh, I'm supposed to do this. Cause this is what this guy recommended. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alan Flanagan uh, is probably the worst with that because I, you know, I just want to punch that guy right in the dick <laughs> as hard as I can, you know, give him a faint to the head and then go for the <laughs> dick. Yeah. Oh, and nice. see knows the move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's because, you know, he told us about like eating a lot earlier in the day and trying to shut that down earlier. And, uh, man, it's a weakness for me. It's something I'm really having a, a, a tough time with now. I could do it. I can do it. Um, and even, even this morning I was like, man, you're not really doing that good with that. But what I, what I said was like, to myself was, Hey, you know what? You dumb bastard. You can probably do this like two or three times a week. So let's yeah. just start with that. <laughs> and let's see the same way you teach other people to build habits. Let's see if we can uh, implement, implement some of that. And part of it is just when I get home from work and stuff, I usually eat at like five thirty or six. And then I just kind of, I have a lot of downtime from that point. I might go in the hot tub. I might watch some TV with my wife and kids and I just feel like snacking on something. <laughs> And so I need to change that habit. I need to have like tea or I just need to move, you know, bone broth would even work because mm-hmm. it's really very low calorie. And uh, so I need to just, I need to, I need to make a change. Yeah. And it's a real bitch. It's funny that you said his voice plays in your head because yeah, Alan's that voice. Motherfucker. I'm coming yeah. for you, Alan. Mm-hmm. Every time like I do choose, like yesterday I had a meal kind of late and exactly that Alan's voice played in my head. Like in Seema, do you want to sleep well? It's just like it because every time that I have, and I've been I've been implementing that from Alan. My I feel better when I sleep, and I feel better when I wake mm-hmm. up, and my my sheets aren't drenched, like I've mentioned multiple times. So it's just like it, it's so awesome that that simple piece of advice, where it it's definitely helped us. But for all of the listeners, people that's probably going to make a difference, or has been making a difference for a lot of our listeners so far. Yeah, you know the uh, the the pre meal meal. You know when he was talking about like. The, the statistics. Second meal effect. And yeah, stuff. the yeah. second meal. There you go. That, I mean, Mark has always preached, you know, eat pro, load up on protein before oh, you yeah. have, you know, the you know, meal. And it's like, I, I, w- I would do it. But now I'm like having a full on meal. So like, uh, is it this past weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, my father-in-law was over. Um, I think we were getting ready to watch the UFC fights. And he, just, you know, he's like, hey, let's order pizza. I'm like, oh, I was like, that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, not like a panic attack, but I'm like, Okay, okay, I, I got to load up. So I ate a bunch of chicken breasts, ate some rice, and so I got pretty full. Good for you, Daddy. Yeah. Oh, fucking A. <laughs> Come on. He always slides it right in there. Ah, <laughs> 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 Bonus points. But, so I, I still had pizza. Yeah. But, I mean, I didn't eat, like, a whole pizza the way I wanted to, but because I was full, like, I was good. And, and what I ate was just, like, chicken breasts, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, chicken breasts and rice and couple other things kind of what i eat here almost every day but i was just like yeah this is dope like i same thing was like oh alan flanagan said you know this and like the uh whatever the percentages of like how much mm-hmm. you know success people had and blah blah, blah. yeah but it, it was right there you know and that, that that's nothing that like you know i didn't wake up that day with like 
my journal and like write shit down where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to have a, like, it wasn't planned out. It mm-hmm. was just like, oh, that this is happening. I need to react right now and just yeah. go. Like, it just was like almost subconscious where I was like, oh, I got to get that first meal before the uh, second meal. Yeah. And you know, you, I can't describe how much excitement I get when I hear something, we hear something from a guest, we apply it and it's like, wow, that actually works really well. Another thing that really like got me just fucking, I've never used the word jazzed, but I'm going to use it now off of that episode was when he was talking about that term. I got jazzed. Yeah. I'm going to use that more on this podcast. It's great. Um, (laughs) was when he was talking about the ability to, um, utilize glucose earlier in the day or in the morning in the first meals of the day. And I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I've heard that before. Like it was kind of familiar, but like the way he explained it, it made mm-hmm. more sense. So, I mean, when I think of application of that, it's just like, you know, if you have that earlier in the day, as you get older, because as you get older, people like people's insulin sensitivity gets worse. Maybe you'll be able to handle a little bit better if you have it earlier in the day. If you do handle a few more carbs earlier. Isn't this so. a trip? Like how come our body is so fucking smart, but our brain's not smart enough to figure it out? Yeah. Like we could, we, you could take all the best resources in the world <clears throat> and you wouldn't be able to duplicate a human body, you know, because, because it's so sophisticated. I mean, at some point they might get to a point where, where they can just create, you know, a human being from, from something. And I, and we are getting into like, you know, maybe cloning. Well, we and, are cloning dogs. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's all kinds of wild yeah. shit going on. Yeah. Um, uh, but just imagine all the different things that go into like creating a human, you know, um, uh-huh. Obviously, they could do it the normal way, right? <laughs> but it's really interesting, like that you, yeah, you burn more glucose, uh, you know, if that is a fact, right? Mm-hmm. You burn, burn more glucose throughout the day. Uh, you wake up and the sun is out, and in accordance to your circadian rhythm, yeah, you, you see the sunlight, you feel the ground. Uh, the ground's a certain like temperature, and your body's like your body's this fucking complex <laughs> computer, yeah, and it's like. It, there's a there's a bunch of chemical responses that are happening, you know, as, as you are going through. Jesus, and Seema's flexing on me. He looks huge. What the f- what the hell? Damn, he's jacked and perverted at the same oh, time. Oh, extremely. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're you're welcome. It's crazy though that how the body can react to all these different you know all these different things. Even just seeing the sunlight in the morning, which is something that Alan shared with us and and a few other guests mm-hmm. can help produce more melatonin and can help set your circadian rhythm so you can sleep better at night. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. But think about like what we actually do in the morning. What we usually actually do in the morning is first thing we do is we grab a cup of coffee and we flip on a bunch of lights and we look at our phone. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And these are probably not that they're the most detrimental things, but it's probably not the most optimal thing for Mm -hmm. us to be doing because it's probably quite the opposite of what we should be doing. Yeah. Dude, let me just say like, again, the the whole circadian rhythm aspect of things to me is just so wild. Like, um, after I've been like practicing, just making sure to get up, get outside, just like, you know, take the dog out and just look at the sun for a bit. Um, and making sure to also get a little bit of evening sun too, along with during the day. Like it's, it's like clockwork the time I wake up every single morning and I wake up well. And it's just, it's crazy. I like these little with, tiny habits with wood. Oh, all the time. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I got to come over every day. Uh, anytime, Mark, come over. I got to pretend um, that I'm not already sleeping with him. Yeah. Wink, wink. We're just going to, you know, we're, we're just going to be making some, uh, uh some element mm-hmm. coffee and eat for some, some meat. <laughs> for that's some all. people that are watching this, uh, on video, 
And Seema, can you flex your bicep again a little bit? So in Seema, it stays lean enough all the time to where he has, I guess you'd say like a brachialis, like separation in his arm. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 He look fucking great. But our boy, you might know him. Andrew Zaragoza uh-huh. has that same shit going on when he was doing the rows the other day, and he's up in weight. Yep. Hey. Oh, so talk about the that. Fuck, whatever the fuck he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, whatever the fuck he's doing, he's is telling working. Me, he was telling me about that in the break room. Tell, just, talk about that. I'm excited for you, bro. I think just hanging out with Encima, it's one of those things mm. where, uh, you know, everybody's killing themselves, right? Like, they're eating everything right, they're training every day, they're doing everything, and then Encima just like, hey, guys, you know how, like, when you take a break... For like two weeks, and then you come back, and you're str- you're, str- you. you're stronger, you're more shredded, and you just feel better. And everyone's like, "No, not at all." Uh, that, that's a true story, by the way. Like, no, it's I, not. Yes, it is. Uh, you and Chris Griffin back in the day. Unless he, I know he speaks with like uh, you got mad at him one time for speaking with like hyperbole, but that's... Chris speaks with ex- massive exaggeration. <laughs> like he, I'll say something, and then he'll like blow it up into something else. So yeah, any hoot. Uh, yeah, so like, you know, newborn baby at home, I'm still trying to get adjusted to everything. I don't yeah. want to be one of those guys that just fades away when he has a baby and never <laughs> comes back to the gym again. Um, so I haven't been as frequent in the gym as I'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to Stuart McGill, he kind of banished me from lifting, period, and doing my regular cardio. What which, a dick. I know, right? <laughs> and uh, I just, I can't. Punch him right in his I, mustache. <laughs> oh, dude, what if that happened? Nah, that would like, hurt your it, fist. It, yeah, oh, yeah. That hurt your fist. His right? mustache would punch back. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> throw a kick. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, what the fuck? He <laughs> like, uh, can move, man. It'd it, it punch you in the back of your face. That's <laughs> <laughs> the old Chuck Norris joke. Uh, but anyway, can't stay away from it. So I, I, you know, asked Mark, like, hey, what do you think? Like, knowing that he'd probably tell me, like, no, you should probably lift. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, so I haven't been consistent. I've been eating as much protein as I freaking can. Like I'll start my day eating like a hundred grams of protein. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking like French toast with uh, a, like uh, coffee and protein in it. And just like, uh, what else? People just put their hands down their pants when you said French toast, I think. Oh. Right. People listening. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> French toast. real quick, it's just French toast with egg whites and protein powder. Mm-hmm. Like it's super easy to make. Uh, that and Canadian bacon, and it comes out to like a hundred grams of protein and like eight grams of fat, which I know you guys are probably not pumped about, but wow. it's, it's amazing. So it leaves a lot of room in the rest mm-hmm. of my day for make some additional for fat. I mean, I, dude, yeah. I, I will. Yeah, I absolutely will. Yeah. No, I, I, I've meal prepped it. I've put it like in the freezer and I bring it in here and I microwave it. Ooh. It comes out great. Yeah, no, it's good. Damn. He should make some of that for us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. I'll, I'll make it. I, I don't like, I'm not even like saying it just because we're on the podcast i will make it thank but, you but uh lots of piedmontese steak uh-huh. lots of steaks dude like yeah. yeah the dynasty cuts like they're just insane so i just been loading up on a ton of protein cardio has slowed down and i went from like 175 to uh today i'm a little bit lighter but i went to 183 with good body comp and I'm not looking disgusting. Yeah. Like I, th- the last time, like I wasn't training as hard and I weighed this much, like it was like this flab city, like it didn't look good. Mm-hmm. Like now 
uh, I'm, I'm not going to be like, oh, I look fucking awesome, but like, I, I feel way better Flab than... Flab City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was though, you know? Like, it's actually a great... Flab yeah, City. I thought of like a... I thought of like a... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I hold all the, the uh, fat in my gut right here, like yeah. right in the front. Um, But yeah, no, I like body comp is way better than it was last time around mm-hmm. that I was at this weight and it was really just not losing it in the uh, in the kitchen yep you know and then when i would have some of those like off the uh i don't even have a plan but things like pizza or whatever mm-hmm. it was loading up first on a good gigantic protein heavy first meal and then having a little bit of that let me ask you this andrew hey. because i think this is actually a really 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 important thing you're talking about here when you're you know you, you just had your kid um but i i know what you used to love carbs right mm-hmm. um if you were to take a cold total guess on what like your average carb intake is per day, since you're not tracking hard, what would you, what would you say it is? Oh man, that's, that's tough to say. Like so, a range. You can just give me a range. Uh, well, right now, probably only like 60 grams. 60 grams? Yeah. And you think it's been like that for a few months? Um, up and down, yeah. give or take. What yeah. do you think the highest? The highest been? ever would be like 150 if I'm just like, I don't give a fuck and I'm having that much. And you see, this is the thing, man, because you used to eat way more carbs than that. Yeah, it but, would be like 300 plus with like, you know, like 80 grams of protein. But you're handling this. You're not tracking hard. You have this kid that mm. you're, you, you have your, your, your new son. I'm talking about like, yeah, this kid you're dealing with. You have your new son. <laughs> but it, it, it seems as if though the process is so much simpler. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you have been doing it for a while. You mm-hmm. went on these, you did these multiple diets where you got shredded. You've been doing it for a minute. But right now, it's kind of like you're on autopilot. Yeah, absolutely. Right? No, 100%. I, I think it's much easier to do that when you are lower carb and when you are focusing on protein. Like you, you can kind of just do these things without having to pull out and track all the time and mm-hmm. you're just making better choices. I love that you simple. said, I love that you said you don't have a plan. And mm-hmm. I actually think, you know, I do realize like if, if you're not prepared, you know, then you're prepared to fail. Like there's, you know, there's that, right? Um, and some people would say, yeah, if you don't have a plan, then maybe you're planning on failing as well. But I would disagree. I would say that if you have the knowledge that that's the most important thing, and if you're applying the knowledge and you're utilizing, you know, wisdom each and every day, then you mm. don't really need to have a plan necessarily. And I think what you're onto and is what we are all trying to get other people to be onto is this idea of like, yeah, you can track and that might be a great way to recalibrate. You can be on a carnivore diet, but you don't need to necessarily do that all the time. Might be a good way to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. You can do a keto diet, but you don't have to necessarily do it all the time. Might be a good way to recalibrate. Mm. You don't have to uh, be on a whole foods diet and only eat fruit, vegetables, and meat, but it might be a good way to recalibrate yeah. and to bring things back in and say, I need to stop eating some of that other bullshit that I'm eating. And I need to, you know, kind of follow a a plan. But I, I'm in the same boat. I think Insim is in the same boat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have anything other than what I share with people. I don't have anything written down anywhere about mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to follow because it's ingrained into my head. I'm like, okay, protein first, like our guest shared with us uh, yesterday. Yes. Ashley. I wasn't sure. That's muscle, muscle Maven. Muscle yeah. Maven. Uh, she shared that with us yesterday. And I think, you know, just having... Just having some rules. I yeah. know Ensema uses a lot of fasting. Um, I always eat a lot of protein. I utilize fasting here and there. But just having some, we're not sitting there like nitpicking every little thing that we do. But these are conscious decisions that we are making and we are 
we're honed in and focused on it. If you're not lifting as much or as often or as frequent, why not lower the carbs down a yeah. bit? Like, do you oh, really, yeah. how much fucking energy do you really need from your, mm-hmm. from your cal, from your calories every day? You know, when you're talking about maybe moving a little bit less for a while, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and for, for those like myself who aren't quite there where you guys are at, as far as like uh, not needing to track, like I, I'm not writing stuff down. I'm not tracking it in the app. However, I will still weigh my food. And I know some people like that's like the worst part of it, mm. but I, I, I still weigh like, um, so I, I get like, I call it lazy meal prep. So I just mm. have a big bucket of chicken breasts or I even do like cans of chicken. Yeah. And then I have a big bucket of rice that I just bring in. Mm-hmm. I always have something here, no matter what. I, I there might there may be a day where I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm just gonna run it in and out. But yeah. that's gonna be very rare. Yeah, that's gonna be a loss of a day for me. Mm-hmm. So I have it right there in that fridge where I will weigh out 200 grams of rice, and then I'll weigh out eight ounces of chicken yeah. every time. So I'm not gonna like calculate that out or whatever. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna know. All right, I'm not gonna be an asshole and go get. 300 grams of of uh of rice because i'm like oh that looks about right Mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna get six ounces of chicken to be like that's about eight i'm gonna know for sure that that's what i'm gonna get because i'm not quite like i can't like i don't have the uh like laser focus to uh like you know see that that's eight ounces yeah but it's so easy like i just just fucking pour it out and then like boom there it is and that's it that's the thing, man. You, you, you've made it super simple for yourself. Yeah. yeah that's you've made it super so simple important. for yourself. And mm-hmm. I think like a lot, a lot of people when they start doing this stuff, it's like they kind of overcomplicate things a little bit. I, I think, um, a good example of this is, uh, it, it, cause when I started fasting, right. Like a few years ago, I went deep. I was like, I was like, you know, tracking how many hours it was and being super exact. And I feel like, um, when you do start something, you tend to need to kind of swing hard in it. Mm-hmm. And then you learn to calibrate, like having a coffee with some creamer before when I, when I was fasting, I'll be like, hmm, I shouldn't do that. Cause that breaks my fast and the top to or whatever. But now I don't really care. Right. Like, it, cause I know that by doing that so long, it really makes absolutely no difference. I can fast the same amount of time. I feel just as good. Um, I can do that. So I think like what ends up happening is you'll end up as you do all of this, you might need to track for a while so you can have a bit of understanding. You might need to be a little bit rigid, but you'll swing back into a place where you're a little bit more. It it makes more sense. You know what you can have a little bit more uh, freedom with, I Mm -hmm. guess. And that's exactly what you're doing now because it took you a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're, you know, if you're eating whole foods, if you're eating, uh, you know, things that are, uh, like natural to this earth, you're not eating processed foods. I don't really see a lot of re- a lot of great reasons to really track it, other than <clears throat> to just account for the overall amount of food that you're eating. Just mm-hmm. some sort of, and you can do that by weighing yourself too. You know, I've oh, pointed yeah. this out many times that you can. So let's let's just say, let's just say you're you're you. Let's just say that you came from a place where you are tracking calories for a while, mm-hmm. and you decided I don't think I really need that anymore. Then you start weighing yourself every day for for a while and you kind of notice your weight goes up mm. and then you could say, ah, you know what? Maybe I should go back to tracking or maybe I should just fucking eat a little bit less. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can pick or choose either one, but you, you had an understanding of tracking cause you were doing it before and you're like, well, I don't like the scale going up cause that's not where I'm trying to go at the moment mm. or, or going down either way. And you can kind of just uh, adjust from there. It's to me, I've always felt like, <clears throat> why am I weighing all this stuff when I can simply just weigh myself? Like I'm the unit of measure that I'm trying to make the change to, not the food. 
So why would I fucking weigh that? Why don't I just weigh what, why don't I just weigh myself every mm-hmm. day and have a good understanding or idea? But if you see the scale going up or your body composition isn't moving in the direction that you want, then maybe you need to dive deeper. Then maybe you need to investigate and say, something's not right. Like I, my body comp is slipping a little bit. I feel like I'm training pretty good, but something's off. Mm-hmm. That's when you start digging through everything, starting to, you know, find out what's going on. Like what's wrong? Like I, I used to have a little bit more muscle. So, something's wrong. Maybe I need to add protein. But once you start to think that way, then you can track and say, you can be like, shit, man, I was only eating a hundred grams of protein a day. And I was eating a little bit more carbs than I thought. But again, I think if the quality of the food, if you make good quality food choices, I don't think we have much to worry about. Mm -hmm. And a big thing, like when we were talking to Ashley, um, I've, I've heard this from a lot of other people too. Like, yeah, organ meats are super beneficial. But when you start eating more nutrient dense foods, you also have the added benefit of not having as many cravings. Because just like we talked about on that podcast, which you guys really need to go listen to, it was a lot of good information, but it was a lot, it was pretty damn entertaining since we were, we were uh, shroomed up. But um, uh, if you get more nutrient dense foods in, you aren't going to be reaching for all of these processed foods that have absolutely no nutrition that you're just going to keep eating until you get kind of what you, you need. Like nutrient dense foods are going to make dieting easier and that's just quality food, just good quality food. It, it helps a ton when you start getting on track with eating the correct foods. It makes it so much easier uh, to not be reaching for a bunch of junk. And it's more motivating. Like once mm-hmm. you start, once you start to look a little bit better or feel a little be- bit better or have a little bit better performance in the gym, you know, that's when you're like, I need to continue doing this. I need to stay, yeah. stay on track with this. Um, Carlos has, has been lifting more often lately. And he's, you know, he's always super happy, but he's been super pumped and super excited about it. And he said, yeah, I put together, you know, a really good string of, 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 uh, you know, being able to get in the gym and get some good workouts in. Yeah. And then more recently, I've been kind of talking about this idea of like exercises versus working out. And just imagine if you just said to yourself, I don't really care what the fuck happens. I'm going to get in some exercises every day. Mm -hmm. That's different than getting in a workout. The commitment to a workout is, um. It's a lot, it takes a lot longer and you might think like, oh, I don't really want to get all sweaty and then I'll have to take a shower because I'm going to this. It, it's just, it's just a more roadblocks. Yeah. There's more roadblocks there. I got to change my clothes. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like it. I worked out pretty hard yesterday. I think I'm good for, you know, all this stuff plays into your head, but just imagine saying to yourself, I'm always going to do at least a couple exercises every day, even if it's just one mm. and I'll have some exercise in the books. And for me, you know, the 10 minute walks are always important. Uh, but some of the stuff from Ben Patrick and some of the stuff from Stuart McGill, I'm just making sure that I'm doing at least those things every day. So on top of that, if I get to lifting and I have an actual workout, a lot of times those things turn into a workout Mm -hmm. because as I pointed out before, movement starts motivation and not the other way, you know, once Mm -hmm. you start to move, then you'll be more motivated. Then you'll be more excited. It's like, you need that to happen in order for your body's your body's chemistry to be heading in the right direction so you're fired up to do more stuff. Everybody, please look up the McGill Big Three. I don't know if we've talked about it on this episode yet, but look it up. Like, Andrew, you're doing mm-hmm. it every single day, right? Yeah, yeah, every day. Yeah, it, it, it makes... I've, I've gone, I think we need to shoot a video on it because when I tried to look it up, it was, it was like actually kind of elusive to find out the information anywhere that mm-hmm. looked 
that looked good to me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we should shoot a video on it because it's, it's going to be one of the easiest things you could add on. It could take you maybe five minutes out of your day, right? But you'll set your back up for goodness. And I, I think a, a, another thing that I really kind of took away from that Stuart McGill podcast that I'm going to continue to to implement. And it's something that I started thinking about even more after Andrew spoke about it in the break room the other day. We had a nice long conversation <laughs> while we were on trips. We were high. <laughs> um, <laughs> was, really high. We, we yeah. Um, was, uh, Samuel was coming up with all kinds of good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> But but yeah, but, this animal heat mixed chocolate and vanilla steak shake together. Oh, good, yeah, very good. I wanted to do that when we were making the video that other day. I was like, could I? But I was like, nah, let's not do that now. But yeah, I mixed chocolate and vanilla, shook it up. That was good, man. Dude, what are you crazy? Uh, kind of That's a little awesome. bit insane. Dude, sorry, I didn't mean uh, to cut you off, but I was just like, yeah. Speaking of good ideas, steak <laughs> shake swirl. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's actually a really good chocolate. Well, he swirl. like chased me down in the parking lot. He's like, I needed to, you know, we gotta. <laughs> Yeah, like, sure. right, hey, whatever you need, buddy. You need to make a you need to make a, an Andrew flavor of it because like there's there's a chocolate flavor, there's a vanilla steak shake. Where's yeah. our salsa caramel so we can have our little? In this day and age, you're right. We're supposed squirt. to be more inclusive. Yeah, yeah, we need to be more inclusive. So yeah, you guys are supposed to help me out with all this stuff. Okay. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So I don't get canceled. Be careful. <laughs> Anything that comes out of your mouth next, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cancel culture is alive right now too. But I was gonna. Say, I should yeah. wear a mouth tape during the podcast, <laughs> just in case. Uh, it's a good thing we have editing though, because you could just bleep any type yeah, of outrageous yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, you that can Mark do that says, live. It's right? cool. Yeah. <laughs> but what I was gonna say was, you know, you were talking about, you know, when you were in your backyard and you need to yep. pick something up. You can tell the story real quick. Mm-hmm. But go ahead, go ahead, man. No. So, well, okay. Uh, yeah, and then you can come back to me. But mm-hmm. p- part of what Stuart McGill is preaching is just stay out of pain just out of pain whatever it takes just stay out of pain all right cool i'm cleaning up my backyard i'm picking up my grill cover for my pit boss grill and Mm -hmm. just walking past it real lazy just like no thought behind it just like i'm gonna just lean over as i'm walking take a step bend over to my left Mm -hmm. boom happened again like i just threw away a week's worth of exercise and walking because now my back is done and it took me yeah, till like Monday to like kind of be like, okay, I can actually walk without pain again. Yeah. Very frustrating, but that's what had happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big deal because like when we pay attention to the, the small things we're doing every day, sometimes you might be doing something in a rush and you might do something and it feels a little bit uncomfortable. Well, pay attention to that, but then also start paying attention to doing things the right way, doing small things the right way, small mm-hmm. movements um, and all of that, because it'll make a very big difference for you in terms of the way you feel in the long run. Um, So I I just thought that that's a super important thing that we could all take and move forward with the McGill big three and integrity in terms of your movement. Yeah. And, and um, knees over toes guy talked about it a little bit too, about like staying out of pain and, you know, kind of, he was more like just brushing up against the pain, I think. But um, yeah, Stuart McGill, like he's just basically telling me like, Hey, everything you do now, has to be with purpose Mm -hmm. you can't be lazy anymore like you've had back pain for way too long any little thing like what i did will set you back you know and it's just like it's super frustrating but yeah everything you know flushing the toilet like it's all it all has to be set up to where like i'm not gonna hurt myself Mm -hmm. uh part of me feels like come on dude like don't be a little bitch like really you're gonna have to like tighten up and get you know set up like you know uh changing the uh the, the weights yesterday you know like i had to like 
face it, like get pu- push my hips out to push pull the pin to put it back in. But like that's just what it takes for me right now. And the great thing is, slowly and, you're going to get stronger, correct, and those yes. positions won't be. That's as bad. that's exactly what he's saying. He's just like, there's no way for it to fix itself. There's no way for any of this to heal unless you just get stronger, but you're not going to get stronger if you keep hurting yourself. So you can't keep hurting yourself because you keep going back to step one. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, fuck, okay, here we go. So now, like, now everything has to be controlled, has to be with purpose. Cause if not, yeah, I'll just can remain in pain. It's so weird the way that we look at different things, you know, um, we just apply different thought processes to other, to, to certain things that we don't apply to other things. So like, you know, for example, like you wear glasses, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was a point where you were like, you know, you learn that you can't see that well. So someone's like, hey, you know, let's try this. And you, you try glasses, you get sized up for them, whatever, however it works. And you wear glasses and it, it helped it, it helped solve a problem for you. I think when we're thinking about like exercise or we're thinking about losing weight or some of these other things or, or even just getting smarter or... um having a good career where you make a lot of money or any of these things, we, we don't look at it as like, okay, I'm accepting the fact I may have to work what I consider to be a lot harder than anybody else that I know, because I'm not particularly gifted in this area. You know, having, having a bad back is, is a, having a history of having a bad back is like a, is a health issue in a way, you know, uh, it wouldn't be any different if you were born with a a mole on your forearm, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just your body was constructed in, in a particular way to where it may have led to an injury at some point, or some people sometimes are just missing parts every once in a while. Mm. Uh, your body's just different. So imagine someone saying, Hey, you know, y- you have this condition and because you have this condition, you have to take these precautions all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forever. Like that mm-hmm. it's it sounds it sounds fucking crazy and it sounds like it's very easy to have a victim mentality in that with that point of view and that perspective. But that just might mean that you always have to work a little bit differently than everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, uh, you know, going through school and stuff like that, like that was really challenging for me to kind of figure out, you know, okay, how do I work how do I work my way through this? Because I can't do what all the other kids can do. And that doesn't make me feel very good. Like makes me feel like shit. It makes me sad. It makes me angry. It makes me frustrated, anger, frustration, sadness. None of them are helpful. Mm. They could be helpful a little bit to where you get frustrated and then you get motivated from it. Or you just say, I don't want to ever feel this way again. I don't want to feel inadequate. I want to, you know, I want to be able to make something of myself. Well, then how would you do that? (laughs) You better be prepared to go in deep on something because now this dumb kid has to figure out a way to not only even himself out with everybody, now you got to figure out a way how to be smarter than everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least in your own mind, <laughs> how to be smarter than everybody. And so I, I think a lot of times when we're looking at this stuff, we're just thinking, man, this is not, how many guys are at jujitsu that, that love it, that are living it, that are, that just absolutely love it. And they're just, they're just not that, they're just not that good. Yeah. There's a lot of guys, right? Yeah. There's a lot of guys that love powerlifting. They fucking love, they love it way more than I ever have. Mm -hmm. And they love it way more than I ever will. They're super dedicated to, they love every aspect of it. And just, it just worked out that, that they're not that, 
great at it. And for them to be better at it, they'd have to even put in more work or they'd have to rethink their entire strategy of how they do everything. Mm-hmm. With some of the guys at jujitsu, maybe they're just not that strong. And maybe they got you in like an arm lock and you're like, <clears throat> you know, yeah. <laughs> you're like, hey, you know, that that's not going to work on me, dude. Like it might work on a bunch of other people, but it's not working today. It's not working on me. And so sometimes we have to work harder in, in certain areas and we can't have a victim mentality about it. We can't just be sad about it. You got to fucking do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that I, I really wanted to kind of mention before we get off was when we were talking about finding like, for example, Andrew and his back, not working at things that like, not working on things that are painful. Um, I think the big thing that, I really wanted to mention from Ben's episode was finding those ranges or like when you're in the gym or you're walking around and you feel something weird in your knee, right? Or you feel something weird in your heel. Um, actually just slowly working backwards from those, like not ignoring it, but seeing what you can do actually do to improve it. I think the big thing that I got from Ben was like, for example, when I first started off with my knee stuff, uh, going into that short motion with knee, like knee, extension or knee flexion right Mm -hmm. there was a range there that was like pretty damn painful for years and i kind of at a certain point ignored it but when i started paying attention to a lot of his content i did the things that were really kind of annoying like for example with the knees over toe squat i put a bunch of what like boxes up really really high and i went to that short range where it's like it doesn't even seem like an exercise it kind of looks kind of dumb like i don't know if people can see this on camera but I was like right here. If you go to your right. To my right? Yeah, right there. Right? I was literally working the squat initially from here because that's as far I could, as I could go without feeling pain in my right knee. Wow. And if, some, if, if some, I think Sully's probably, Sully probably saw me doing this weeks ago. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm kind of working on my knees. And I was like mm. doing, I was right here, mm-hmm. literally here for a while. So and Seema's just, he's right? just doing a little bit of a knee bend and just, barely pushing his knees uh, past his toes mm-hmm. because my right knee couldn't handle that. But as I started doing that more and more, I started being able to go farther and farther and farther to now like I could hit the ground and come back up. And that took maybe about five or six weeks. So I'm not saying it, it, it's going to take you no amount of time, but it, it's like doing that is something that nobody wants to have to try and do because first off it looks embarrassing. And secondly, it's very, uh, it, 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 it kind of made me feel a little pathetic, <laughs> you know, cause, cause that knee pain. But I was like, if I really want to be able to do this for a long time. And my big goal was like, when I'm 60, 70, I still want to be able to like move really well. I still, I still want my body be to great feel to really well. 225, 315, mm-hmm. you know, for a couple reps or something when we're in our sixties. Exactly. I need to be doing these things right now that are, that look that look a little pathetic. I have to do those right now so that I'll be able to do this for a long time. And it's these small things that I think like we could totally add in it. Like, cause everybody has those things that those little ranges that are uncomfortable or everybody has those weaknesses. Like we were talking about in the past episode that you don't really want to address it because you have strengths in so many other areas. But if you can do those small things, like you working with 60 pounds on the row or me doing this, the pathetic knee over toe squat that I was doing initially, it will pay big old dividends as far as your body's concerned. Yeah, it definitely uh, getting over, I guess I'll say getting over yourself or getting over exactly. that Exactly. Like uh, Mark mentioned glasses. Like, mm-hmm. 
yeah, uh, for the first, I don't know how long, like I didn't wear glasses when I came in here. I needed them, but I was just like, I can, I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Our first trip to Ohio, I didn't take glasses because I'm like, fuck, we're going to meet all kinds of people. Like, I just don't want to wear them. Mm -hmm. Like, I still was uncomfortable wearing glasses. And then you kind of get over it and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm. I can actually perform way better if I just wear glasses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, kind of a good example of like, well, shit, just, it just helps. So just get over it. Yeah. Ignoring and avoiding, you know, it's just a, it's just a form of neglect. And I yeah. think a form of neglect is actually, you know, I don't want to compare it to physical abuse in any way, but you are, you, you are in a way, I think abusing, you're abusing an opportunity is what you're doing because you're, you continue to kind of sweep it under the rug. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, you're on this diet, you're on a good roll. You got a couple, you know, a little bit of momentum going and, uh, you go to someone's birthday party, you have every intentions of not, you know, <laughs> folding. And then there you are folding again and you sweep it under the rug for another day. And you're like, I'll, you know, I'll worry about it. I'll get back on track tomorrow. And then you don't. And then you just kind of keep sweeping under the rug, under the rug, under the rug. And, you know, just, it continues to build up and continues to get worse. I mean, you could have had a career ending knee injury at some point if you, but you were addressing it. I mean, I remember you talking about this. I mean, you, you've gone to the doctor, you had a few surgeries, correct? Yeah. 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 You, you've done a bunch of stuff to address it. So mm -hmm. I think it's the main thing is just saying that, you know, I have this, uh, I have this issue and I need to. I need to figure out how to get past it. So what are some good ways to get past it? Well, I don't really know a ton about the knees. So let me go to a doctor mm -hmm. and the doctor says, Hey, there's some shit in there. I think we can go in there and do a surgery and we can scope it and you'll probably be okay. Knee acts up again. You're like, okay, that didn't work as well as I thought it worked for a little while. Turns out maybe you needed to have it again, right? You got it twice. I think I had, um, I had a platelet, platelet rich plasma injected into my knee when I was a teenager. And then I had a meniscectomy when I was like, it was after the powerlifting meet, um, after record breakers, I had a meniscectomy. So, yeah. I was wondering why you didn't look so well endowed. <laughs> I was wondering what that was, but that's from that, that surgery. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. Meniscectomies. Just sound, <laughs> Sounds like, like vasectomy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What, I don't know what they're chopping off on you over there. <laughs> they just removed part of my meniscus. Oh, like, just okay, like okay. scoped it out, removed it. And uh, yeah. And that helped a bit. And then you, you know, from there you, you were still working on trying to figure out ways of strengthening it mm -hmm. and ways of kind of, you know, rebuilding the tissue and, and all that stuff. But like, you know, just again, sweeping it under the rug and just avoiding it. And you said it, it made you, uh, it made you feel like pathetic, right? Yeah. And we've talked about this before, like rewind, uh, day one in SEMA, you know, going into jujitsu, like you would view that day as being like, fuck man, I hope no one ever sees a video of this or whatever. Right. I have it online though. <laughs> like, it, yeah. It's, it's on my YouTube channel. <laughs> and even your YouTube, you, we've talked about that before as well, where you're like, I don't even know why I was making some of those videos there. It's, you go back and look at them. You're like, these are, these are terrible. What was I thinking at the time? But yeah. If you would have always thought about that, if you would have always thought like, this is going to be pathetic, you would have never done it in the first mm -hmm. place. So you're like, okay, you shot a video, you probably watched it a couple times, maybe even deleted a couple of them, maybe even never showed anybody a couple of them, but you got over that, you put some out there, and after you did it for a week, two weeks, a month, a year, of course you got way better at it. What was that example you gave about Jordan Peterson? I think we weren't on air quite yet. 
Um, about him writing something or oh, writing for man. 15 years or something like that. Yeah. His, his like what he, he calls it his, like that was his life's work or his best work. It's uh, maps of meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, every day for, for 15 years, he would literally, I think he said, write three hours a day or spend three hours writing on it or, or, or like, uh, you know, hashing out ideas and ideas on it, but every single day for 15 years and maps of meaning is long i haven't finished it i like i have it on audiobook it is it's like a 30 something hour long audiobook it's a super long i think but it was like he spent so much time on it and the same thing that you mentioned with like ben you know what i mean what he was talking about as far as like not not yeah, no like, entertainment no entertainment for two years or something it's it, it takes effort Twenty five thousand followers on instagram to i think about he's probably close to three four hundred right now oh yeah he's at like 320 but he'll be over a million i mean by Absolutely. the by the time this year's up he'll be like probably at a million absolutely like he's gonna just it, it what happens is it starts to snowball on top of itself mm-hmm. and all that bullshit work that you did for so long it finally pays off and and it's uh it, it's amazing to kind of watch because you're like fuck like, this is <laughs> like that's why people a lot of times will say can you believe this is happening for you and you want to say like, yeah, because <laughs> I ate shit for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you still are surprised. You're like, I am kind of surprised that someone in, uh, I got a, a pretty cool video from somebody in uh, Scotland the other day. I could barely understand what they were saying, just saying how much they appreciate our show and how yeah. much they appreciate the content that we put out. Yeah, that is fucking mind boggling. And, and yeah, it, is. it does, it does, uh, you know, baffle you at times, but it, when I think of it, it's like, well, that was the goal, you know, make the world a better place to lift and try to reach out to as many people as possible. Uh, I guess I didn't, you know, know who it was all going to reach. And um, sometimes it's like a younger kid. Sometimes it's an older, sometimes there's like women that are like 60 years old that like, they're like, I listen to your stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, the content. I, I actually follow along with the diet. I got my son on the diet. I'm like, these are all things that I was like, you know, never never thought would happen yeah. but none of them ever would happen if i would have been super self-conscious if i would have thought hey you know what like public speaking is a huge weakness of yours you fucking hate it you vowed you would never do it again once you were done out done with school and now i talk non-stop all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh, ben patrick's awesome uh i don't know if you oh. guys saw this post oh i saw this but uh basically he's I don't want to read word for word, but his son's name is Onyx. He's like, I don't own a car. My wife and I share a car. I don't have like anything like expensive. He's like, uh, he just basically just breaks down. He doesn't have anything like super valuable. But that thing right there is probably 5K. (laughs) But he did spend the money to get this like his own like handwriting into this this dumbbell set. That's a Watson dumbbell set. Yeah, because he's like, this is the one thing I get to pass down to my son. And it's his son's name on the dumbbells. Like that's mm-hmm. pretty freaking dope. Yeah, those are fucking prestigious, right there. They mm-hmm. they um they swivel as you go to like lift them. Swivel. What yeah, the, the the inside of it uh moves around. Oh, like a tri like a tricep push down uh thingy. Yeah, you know uh yeah the and their fat handles. Those are that's kind oh, of a, a Charles Poliquin type thing. But yeah, yeah that, that I mean I, honestly like. He doesn't have that many weights uh, on that rack right there, mm-hmm. but uh, just a quick pull it out, of, pulling out of my ass. Guess that's like five k. Yeah, easy. I mean, fucking wild. Because I mean, that's a great company. You know, anybody looking for a higher end equipment, 
that's just on another level. You know, check out Watson. I think it's Watson Strength, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they have some amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, but I mean, you know, as far as like new, like new things that we've added in, there's there's a lot of stuff that I've been able to add into like my routine from his stuff. Because I actually purchased his his uh his can you do program. can you do that right there because i've seen you lay back like that can you do what he just showed i think so i can like i can hop into i can hop into that cold but i guess we just give it a shot real quick <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it maybe do it on one of these pads one or, of these pads I, I could do it on the ground all right well let's see what he got here let me see hold on wait 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 i'll grab this all right so we're gonna try to make sure we get it on camera do you want to video it on the phone could be fun. no i'll just I'll switch the camera around. I'll video on this. Oh, I'll video it on my phone too, so we can see it. Apologize for people that are listening to audio. All right, whatever. Ready? Okay. So. Nice, bro. Oh, I heard a pop. Yeah, that was a good pop. Oh, I can do it. Yeah, sick, yeah. bro. Damn. I did. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's cold. I like that. Uh huh. Thank you. <laughs> but no, see, like that's the thing. Like six or seven weeks ago, I, I could always get into the saddle pose, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't that's, have had. That's with the shoulders back. Yeah, that's with the shoulders back. I wouldn't have had the ability. Chris Duffin can do that shit. You ever see him do that? I haven't seen him do it. Um, fuck, man. I think I want to say he did it because he's Chris Duffin. You know. I want to say he like does it with like weight or something too. Oh, he probably can do it with weight, <laughs> yeah. Chris. But like, like that's the thing. Like six weeks ago, this knee wouldn't have been able to handle that type of pressure all the way down into the ground. What I like about that movement is, I, I really like the like what it's doing with the hip, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that that like, you mean like opening up the hip flexor, opening up the hip flexor. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's. I think being able to do that movement is one thing. Like I don't necessarily think that everyone needs to be able to do that movement. But to be able to express some of that and be able to demonstrate some of that strength and mobility through your hips, I would just assume that like most people that can do that shit probably aren't living in a lot of pain with their back, with their knees, yeah. with their hips. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, like it has me so excited, especially because like, okay, so yeah, I mean, power lifters and, and lifters in general, a lot of lifters have strength through the legs. They have strength through the hips. They have strength through the glutes. But maybe there is a weakness in the system when it does come to the knee, when it does come to like mobility in the hip flexors. And if you're able to address that, that could help a lot of people like get out of pain. Like I, like I mentioned before, me doing a bit of stretching before helped with a lot of my pain because I wasn't as tight, right? So I think lifters, by implementing the smallest, simplest things, can make massive differences. They're just not paying attention to those things. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, uh, Dave Tate used to talk about this a lot. And if you, one of the, one of the greatest, uh, strength articles that I've ever read, um, it's actually a two part thing and it's actually fairly long as articles go, but it's called the periodization Bible part one and two. Mm -hmm. And in the periodization Bible, uh, Dave Tate talks about prehab work and you end every workout with like prehab work and who wants to do stuff for an injury they don't have yet, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it's, it's injury prevention mm-hmm. and what a, what an annoying thing to do, uh, doing stuff to, but like, could you think about three, uh, two or three weaknesses that you have in your upper body and two or three that you have in your lower body? Yeah. 
and uh, come up with a couple exercises that would address that just to make sure, like, yeah, my right knee does feel a little weird or my ankle flexibility is not great. And I wonder, you know, maybe over a long time, maybe that will lead to my hip bothering me or my knees bothering me. Maybe from the, t- you know, I'm 15 years old. Maybe I should, that would be kind of cool to address that now. Yeah. So it never becomes a thing. So mm-hmm. I can be a master of, of the, I mean, look at Sully. <laughs> Follow that guy's workout around. Oh, wow. I mean, he is, he is, uh, or even Marcus when he was here. I mean, yeah. Marcus is still doing great with his lifts. Mm-hmm. Marcus was a guy who he, he put everything he had into it. It didn't matter how long it was going to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did really good with the warm ups. He did really good with all the stuff he needed to do afterwards in Pay terms of to all the small things, assistance exercises. And I mean, if you, if you start to do some of that and even do that for, just even do that for like a month, mm-hmm. you'll start to be really shocked. Am I paying attention to my sleep? Am I paying attention to my mobility? That's why. In my powerlifting career, um, you know, people are amazed at some of the lifts I was able to do. And I lifted some heavy ass shit for a while. But at the same time, I, I would have to admit that I was only like 70% in. I mean, there's still stuff that I could have done a lot better, mm. a lot better. Mm. And what would that have looked like? Would that turn a 1,080 squat into a 1,200-pound squat? Yeah. I think it would have. Would I have been able to bench 900? I mean... I was half an inch away from benching 887 pounds in a contest. I pressed mm-hmm. over 900 pounds many times in training and just never, ha- never happened in, in a, in a meet. Would I have deadlifted over 800 pounds? Certainly. Like, yeah, yeah that would have fucking happened. No doubt. Dude. I think one thing, what you're, what you're saying there makes me think of a, a, a guy within the jujitsu community. We've talked about him a little bit, you know, Gordon Ryan, he, I've mentioned his name to you, to you before. He's a, one of like John Donaher's best student, but he's this American guy who's been doing no gi jujitsu. Maybe at this point, maybe it's only been like six years or something like that. Okay. But he's been wrecking all of the top black belts who've been doing jujitsu for a super long time as an American who's been doing it for a short amount of time. And when you, you, you look at the reason why it's because first off Donaher had like made systems for all of this. So just step-by-step systems that you, you can go through to understand different positions in jujitsu. And Gordon is like a guy that um, just like literally studied all of these systems and put it into practice. A lot of people that do jujitsu, like they just, after they get the hang of things, everything, they just do it by feel, Mm. but he has made step-by-step systems that he goes through and has allowed him to literally become, he is, the no gi jujitsu greatest of all time at this point, and it's undisputed. And this is an American who's only been doing it for like again, I think it's probably been six years now, wow. six, seven, eight, eight, six, seven years, right? So just because I'm not familiar, which one is he? Gordon's the white guy on the bottom, got it. But like, <laughs> Gordon's funny on the internet because he's he legit right now, he's like, I will take down the top 10 pound because he's right now number one pound for pound, no gi. But he's like, I'm gonna compete with all of the other ones and i'm going to take them all out to show you guys that i'm better than everybody but the the reason why is again he's doing all the small things he pays attention to all these small things in jujitsu that people don't usually pay attention to and that's exactly why he's the goat right now and donaher's creating other guys like that too because they pay attention to those small things Mm. is either uh, what like uh between uh wearing a gi and and no gi yeah um like uh which one is harder to cross over to or from? It's harder to be a no-gi guy to, and do gi. It's easier to go from gi to no-gi. And the reason is, is because no-gi... Maybe know the basics? 
Yeah, yeah. Like in the gi, there's grips. There's all these things to work with that you don't have in no gi. No gi is like like a lot of pummels and whatever, but gi, you got, understand. you got collar grips, you got all these So you wouldn't that... really know that because you don't have experience of grabbing the guy's gi and using it to your advantage. Mm -hmm. Like there's a ton of positions in the gi that you can't do in no gi. Like you literally have no ability to do because you can't grab onto things. Is either one uh, like... Um, harder physically or anything like that or there's about the same nogi is faster because mm. you can't necessarily stop somebody like i could stop a guy by grabbing his collar i can like hold his movement nogi like it's it's all pummels right so it's 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 more it's literally more slippery because there's sweat and it's yeah it's it's a bit quicker nogi yeah man it looks like there's no rest huh i mean they're they're, they're <laughs> a little bit i i understand you know after watching you and and i haven't seen a lot of jujitsu tournaments but even just from watching this clip and having you explain that, that makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense that these guys are going to have to kind of move quicker and maybe even sometimes just, I mean, there's a lot of strategy going on, but it's probably quite different than the strategy because you have to counter, you have to be three, three moves ahead, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I would say probably in either case, you have to be three moves ahead, but I imagine in the gi, it, it, it's just quite different because you got to worry about, you know, somebody grabbing your gi a specific way and things oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, there's a lot of places to trap people in the gi. But, like, this is the thing. Like, he paid attention to all the details. Like, you can you, you even see it, like, step by step. The the things that he shows in his instructions or whatever, step by step, right? So I think that's the big thing, that, that like, paying attention to the small details so you can actually get to that level. Hmm. Small details in terms of making your knees stronger. Small details in terms of your mobility. Some people... Like, we'll just work out and leave, and they won't do any of those things, right? Because they're like, okay, I got my lifts in. But if you if you do these things, it, it could just, it'll nobody to wants, next level. Nobody wants to feel inadequate. Nobody wants to feel pathetic. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they don't do it. Yeah, You know, that's absolutely. why it's like, you know, um, with like mobility stuff. That's why I haven't done it for a long time. That's why I haven't done certain movements. It's easy to look at these movements and be like, well, this is kind of stupid, man. That's not for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't even care about that. I just care about heavy squats or whatever, whatever the thing is that you're doing, but you really are missing out, I think. And you're, you're missing out on just a lot of potential. There's a lot of potential there. I just don't think that it hurts at all to, uh, to do it, you know, to, to implement it for a little while. And you may learn that it doesn't do shit for you and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But you may also learn, Hey, you know what? I did this one thing. And it put 30 pounds on my squat. When I met Kelly Sturette, my squat went from a 942 squat, which is already a good squat, right? To 1,080. <laughs> I mean, that improved a lot. And But what if I didn't listen to him? What if I was like, he's a nerd, man. He's a doctor. Like, what, is, what does his doctor know about powerlifting? He doesn't know yeah. shit about... And I kind of did think that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But when he and I got in conversation... He actually said, and this kind of, this broke, broke the ice. He said, I don't know a lot about powerlifting, but I know, ev I know not everything, but I know a ton about human movement. And yeah. I was like, ah, he knows. And he, and he showed me like all this stuff that he presents in seminars. He showed me, um, on his computer, he was like, okay, this guy's running. And he's like, this guy's overextended. So he's mm -hmm. not able, because he's overextended, because he's overarched, mm -hmm. he's not able to give full expression of what his limbs can do. And then he would show me another example of somebody else doing it in a different sport. And he showed me another example of somebody doing a different sport. Then you say, hey, this guy's inflection. This guy's rounded over. Yeah. He can't express how powerful his limbs are. 
this guy might tear a hamstring doing this. This guy might hurt himself doing that. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, it just opened up my mind. I'm like, what is that doing on a squat? What is that doing on a bench? You can't express through your limbs how strong you are. Yep. Well, that not that everything that we're trying to do in powerlifting, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, what if I have a neutral spine? What if my neck is more neutral? You know, what if I keep my chin kind of packed in rather than, rather than trying to, for me looking up and it kind of throws my whole back out of place. And then every time I'd come up out of the hole, even though is I would round over and I'd be looking at the ground. Mm -hmm. But if I just started by looking at the ground, then I could maintain position throughout and keep my chest locked in and keep my spine locked in the whole time. Yeah. It, it, it blew my mind. I mean, it, cha it changed everything for me. Um, it was, it was a huge change. And even just, you know, pointing the feet a little bit more forward mm -hmm. and, and locking in the hips a little bit more. It was some, I mean, it was some massive, uh, it was, it was small changes, but it was these small details that pushed everything forward in a big way for me. Absolutely. Like there's this thing that I do almost every single morning. It, like I got it from Kelly Sturette too. It's, um, just, uh, uh, well, you kind of move into the dragon position when you stretch, but it's like a, a, a hip mobility kind of thing that I do each morning on both sides. And that's been something that's like helped my hip flexors, uh, my, just like my hip flexor mm -hmm. flexibility. And like my general hip mobility, and so it makes a big stuff, probably, yeah, yeah. It makes a big difference with just like the way I feel. Like that's all of these small things are why I'm now painless. Mm -hmm. Like I can really confidently say I'm painless. There are little things that are a little uncomfortable, but I'm working through them. But I don't walk around in pain anymore that's because awesome. of the smallest additions. Right. So, and once yeah. you start to do something and it's encouraging and it makes you feel better, as I was pointing out earlier with Carlos, like Carlos, I was like just make sure you get in some sort of exercise mm -hmm. because after a while you're going to be like, that makes me feel way better than not doing it. Yep. And that's where we need to get people to be. And that's where, that's what we're so passionate about this show. That's why we won't shut the fuck up is <laughs> <laughs> because we want to excite you enough that you, you know, can get some momentum that you get in the gym mm -hmm. and that you get yourself moving. And once you get yourself moving, that'll be motivation. Once you get yourself motivated and once you get yourself doing it on a consistent basis, uh, It'll be life altering. It will, mm -hmm. it will. It will literally change. I mean, we hear people say that all the time. You probably have people at jujitsu that say it. Um, we hear people say it about CrossFit. We hear people say it about Olympic lifting, powerlifting, getting their nutrition right. Um, we've had so many people talk about their diet, nutrition, and what it's done for their not just their body, but what it's done for their mind as mm -hmm. well. And what an awesome place to be in because every day you feel you feel awesome. Yeah, and then you also know that you can feel even better. Mm -hmm. Cause you've done it before. And so, you know, that's kind of the whole mission of this podcast, in my opinion. Yeah. One person I'm actually very, very excited for is Jessica. Cause like after she talked to Ben and after like we saw her doing what she was doing in the gym, she's been having all these new issues. I really think that like in a year, like her, her stuff will be dealt with and yeah. that's going to be super dope to see because she's been talking about it for a long time. It's amazing. And she, uh, benched 225. Oh yeah. yeah. Quick. So nice. Dude, that was, <laughs> was like, oh, shit. that was fast. <laughs> like she had like 230 something in there too. Good thing she didn't do it, but like she had it. Yeah. She did 225. I think maybe the week before she did two, like 205 or something like that on a floor press for a couple reps, I think. And she hasn't bench pressed in a long time. Yeah. Uh, but her and I had some discussions about her uh her back and her uh legs and stuff kind of or her knee pain and stuff and we just talked about like maybe focusing on the upper body a little bit more mm -hmm. and yeah here she goes 25 boom bruh 
really smooth. A kipping bench press, maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's also uh, it's also not coincidental that she, you know, uh, two or three days prior to this, um, or maybe a week prior to this, she sent me a video of her doing dips, and she mm. bust out like ten dips uh, really confidently. And uh, and really clean and really easy. So she's been doing pull ups too. Yeah, there's a great mm-hmm. example. Yeah. Uh, increasing your uh, you know body weight movements, mm-hmm. and then getting you, you just I don't know. You just, a lot of times you don't we uh, we don't think they're that important the body weight movements, but they're huge. Yeah. And quick shout out to her handsome boyfriend Cade. Yeah. Y'all look at his Instagram. That dude, mm-hmm. he's a powerlifter right now, super strong. But there was a time that he was shredded oh, yeah. and just looked insanely disgusting shredded and, and big <laughs> yeah disgusting in a good way but yeah, yeah shredded like, and big. the way you say it i was like hold on <laughs> like now i got you yeah that that like that dude has some muscle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, you know what I, I don't mean this in any particular way but he's got a great smile too he does you know what i mean he, yeah he's you got know? A, he's got a great energy to him well yeah. we I love mean, you kid when you got someone like this next to you Y'all kind of look similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all <of> us. <laughs> Y'all just kind of red. <laughs> all, all of us look similar in team. Can I get a hey now? Hey now. <laughs> oh, y'all look alike. Oh, oh so good. Man. God, we're like extra happy yeah. in that picture, right? Like that's, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are doing without me, but. I mean, you couldn't see our, that. you can see one hand from both of Don't us, know but not both. hands are doing like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Giving each other a little something, something. Man, we didn't, man, there was some stuff we wanted to talk to, talk about on this podcast, like the, uh, the planning stuff, but I think we'll talk about that another day. Yeah. Cause that, that, I, that's a good, that's a good one. I think not, there's a lot there. Yeah. Almost like maybe not even having a plan, that kind of thing. Not even having a plan. Um, but remember when I was talking about the self-authoring thing, when I was yeah, looking yeah, yeah. back at that? Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot. Oh yeah, of journaling and all that stuff. Yeah, but it, it's it's it is kind of crazy when I look back at the things that I wrote down like years ago. I'm doing those things right now. Like touch upon that for a second with self 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 authoring. I love when you f- discover a new uh, phrase or word that, you, can, that yeah. you can't say, and you're like, oh my yeah. god. We might talk about it more later, but uh, a few years ago, I think it was like five years ago when I first found out about it. It's from uh, Jordan Peterson and a bunch of other Canadian psychiatrists. They made this program called Self Authoring. And if you go to, I don't know if it's selfauthoring.com or something, but if you go to that website, it's very inexpensive. It's like $15 for like two sets. You can get one for yourself and a set for a friend. But it's this program that you do a lot of self-reflection and a lot of like Mm. really deep visualization for things that you want for the future. Yeah. That thing. Right. So (laughs) you, you reflect on like your past, you reflect on to reflect. What a fucking cool image that is. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. You reflect on your present and your future. And it's almost like you're writing your own personal biography or autobiography. It's, it's, it's almost like that, but it goes into, it has you analyze aspects of why you think the way you think, uh, your own personality, what you envision for your future, not just what you envision for your future, but like the people that you, you'd ideally want to be around the things that you'd ideally want to be doing. Um, all like it takes hours. That's a, that's the reason why when I mention this to some people, they don't do it because it takes a long mm-hmm. time to actually finish it for yourself. But when, when I doing that deep reflection, it allowed me to see a lot of the ways I, the reasons why I think the way I think, but the big thing was when I looked back at that, like a year ago, just to see kind of the things I wrote down. And I looked through it. I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm doing a lot of that right. I'm doing a lot of that right now and really well. So um, I think a lot of people, because people are always like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I can't figure out 
my purpose and all this type of stuff. I think that sometimes like a lot of times, like you really have to just sit there and think I was, I was talking to a friend about this and, um, she's like, she was like, yeah, I can't figure out what I want to do. Or I did this online quiz and it said, maybe I should do this job or this job, but I don't really like that. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, an online quiz said because of your personality, you should do these jobs and you don't like these jobs. So maybe you should actually just take the hours and just do this thing. Like mm. it takes a long time. It's going to take way longer than that online quiz, but maybe that'll help you really be able to navigate kind of where you want to head. I think that that's a, that's a great thing for that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Th- these, these are things I've recommended to people in the past, uh, not that website in particular, but when I've uh, tried to help somebody, you know, with an addiction or weight loss or whatever it might be, um, I've asked them to do a lot of self-evaluation. I asked them to kind of like, like what, like, where do you want to go? Like, what, what would you like to do? Mm-hmm. What are some of the steps that you feel can get you there? Mm-hmm. What kind of person do you feel that you are? Are you organized? Are you unorganized? Are you somebody that's got a great memory, a mild memory, mm-hmm. a horrible memory? You know, just all these different, all these different things and, and ultimately trying to figure out what, uh, you know, kind of what the perfect day would look like for you. Like, what are you trying to actually do? Lot, like, that's the thing. What, all those things that you just asked, like those, like those yeah, are in there. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. Right. So it's like, I think that that's a great thing to do, but some, like, I don't think I would have had the ability to figure out the right questions to ask myself mm-hmm. off the bat. Right. So that's why it's so dope. All those things you just, you just asked right there are in there. Yeah. I think a lot of times, uh, you know, like someone, someone has a goal to like lose weight and they lose 50 pounds and they keep telling you how stuck they are. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really stuck at this, at this weight. And then now it's like, we probably should ask this question right off the bat, but like, why, what's the, what's the reason why you want to lose another 20? Like, what, what is this for? Do you, do you, what do you feel it's for? Is it to gain more health? Mm -hmm. Do we currently know whether you're healthy or unhealthy? Like maybe you lost 50 pounds and maybe you are pretty healthy. Like maybe get your, obviously like it's, it's, you know, pretty obvious that you might just want to look better. Yeah. Um, but also it could be a comparison thing. You could be comparing yourself to other people, which that's going to kind of rob you of your happiness. So you got to be kind of careful on, on what it is that you're, what it is that you're doing. And then let's just say you had another, you know, 30 pounds to go or whatever it is. And we said, okay, it, it took you a year to lose 50 and now you want to lose 30. And we understand that you think you can do that in six months or eight months, but Mm -hmm. would you be okay with it taking two years? You know, like these are all things that you can, you can kind of walk yourself through. You can, you can really, you can really think about it a lot and you can decide on whether that's something that's going to work for you or not. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's a brutal thing to do to like, to try to ask yourself the, uh, the hard questions. But I think a couple of whys are really, really, uh, a really smart thing to do. So I, I kind of have said for for a long time that if you go like three questions deep and actually you'll find that it's only two questions deep, but go three questions deep on somebody, you'll find out that they don't really know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> and, and I, and I could be that way with, with a lot of different topics as well. Mm-hmm. So when someone says something and you say, yeah, but why, why does it work that way? And they can give you a halfway decent uh, explanation with the first go around but with the second one, it usually fades. And by the third one, they're completely silent. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
you need to ask yourself those questions. What, why do you want to be the strongest person in the world? Like what, what, what is drawing you towards that? Why do you want to be a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt in five years? Is it okay if it was six, you know, like what are these things? Like what, what's it for? And you could say very simply, you could say, um, it's because if I put a time frame to it, I know that I'll be more dedicated to it. Yeah. It's like, that sounds like a fucking wonderful answer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I actually really enjoy it. So I love being there every day. And I know that, you know, by being there every day, I'm going to pick it up faster and so on. Like those are all legitimate, all legitimate answers. But I think, yeah, people kind of asking themselves questions and this idea of self-authoring, I think is something that we should dive into deeper. Yeah. No, it's dude, it's really good. And when I say it's detailed, like it, my description of it will not be able to just like mm -hmm. be able to give you the justice of how detailed it really kind of gets you on yourself. Well, it sounds like it's like going to a therapist without, without having the kind of shame and awkwardness of, of, of doing that. Like that's a, that's a big step for somebody. Somebody has to probably have already felt like something got really messed up in their life for them to go and do that. And I think, that this is a good first step to like kind of self-examine yourself and, and see what the fuck's going on with you. When it had me doing some things when I was like looking at my past, shit made me cry. Like real talk. Like, Absolutely. It made me cry. Cause of I was course. like, it, like I was thinking deep, I was like, oh, like it, it mm -hmm. gets you in there. It really yeah. is like you're going to a therapist to work things out. And that takes, so a lot of people that I suggested to, and I'm like, have you, have you, have you checked it out? Have you done it? And they're like, no, <laughs> cause it really mm -hmm. is work, but it paid, like it pays off. Yeah, we know on the other side of pain is, is going to be some probably good results. So mm -hmm. you get through that pain just like we do with our workouts and just like we do in other aspects of our life. And it makes a huge difference. Andrew, take us on out of here, buddy. I will. Uh, thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode, uh, especially everybody on the live stream. And by the way, we were uh, cracking jokes because you were able to successfully do the uh, knees over toes thing movement mm -hmm. and you were acting all surprised and i'm like i think he's the only person that is surprised because it's like oh and sema can do a difficult task because like, a, a bit ago i wouldn't have like <laughs> i would have been able to get into first off i wouldn't be able to do the knees over toe squat to the ground mm -hmm. but i also wouldn't have been able to come up well from the saddle position mm -hmm. usually i kind of need to put my hands on the ground and come up but i was able to but we're laughing because, like, yeah, well, of course he can. Like, okay. Well, what I love about it is that he's uh, he's not short and he's not light, and he's able yeah. to do it easy. Yeah. A lot of times, sometimes you see a smaller frame person, and you're like, well, you know, you get that guys weigh 150 pounds, <laughs> like fuck that guy, you know. <laughs> but this is a big individual over here. So yeah. that's, it it does, it uh, leaves guys like me with no excuse. Mm. You know, I I got to be able to figure that out. Yeah, multiple knee surgeries and all that. So that was awesome. But I just, we were cracking up over here. It's like, of course he can. But uh, so anyway, thank you everybody for uh, chatting on the live stream. Really appreciate it. Please hit the like button. Subscribe if you're not. Um, please make sure you're following the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on Twitter. Um, we haven't, we don't have anything scheduled for Clubhouse, but please make sure you're following the three of us there because we uh, we have a lot of fun there. We had Flex Wheeler, Jen Thompson, all kinds of Michael Hearn. Uh, we, it's, it gets wild and you never know who's going to show up. Um, so my Instagram, Twitter, and clubhouse is at I am Andrew Z and Seema, where you at? And Seema Inyang on Instagram, YouTube, and clubhouse at Seema <laughs> Inyang on Twitter, uh, Mark. Next week, I believe March 18th, uh, don't quote me on this hundred percent, but I believe that's when we are dropping the, the uh, steak shake. Ooh, that's when it will wait. be live. That's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> Yeah. But as many things in business, uh, it doesn't always work out that way. That's what we're, 
that's what we're planning on. So mm-hmm. people, you know, get yourself fucking lined up and arranged because uh, we already know that we're going to sell out of it quickly. We just do not have enough supply for what appears to be a very, very large demand. And, uh, but we will we'll, we'll order more. We'll continue to order more. But if you want to check out the steak shake, it's the only shake on the market, the only protein shake on the market that has uh, organ meat as well as uh, whey protein, beef protein, uh, collagen, and uh, did I say egg already? I don't know. I don't <laughs> anyway, uh, and, the be- and the organ meats that are in there is um, liver, kidney, heart, and spleen. So you're going to want to check that out at markbellslingshot.com. It'll be available Thursday, March, what did I say, 18th, right? 18th. Mm-hmm. And you can check it out then. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later. Bye.